Hello and welcome into another episode on the Labumba Pastors Blog. I'm Masumba Jonathan. Today's lesson is entitled Acts 13 Appointments and Responsibilities. Our text to begin is Acts chapter 13, verses 46 to 48, which says And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you. Since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Within these three verses, we have statements that highlight an important theological reality about salvation. It is a challenging one to grasp and seems to be a bit irreconcilable according to human understanding. Let me explain what I mean. The New Testament gives a consistent explanation that everyone who receives salvation does so first and foremost because God chose them for salvation. We just read in verse 48, as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Those who were chosen are the ones who believed. The Greek word eklogi, translated as elect in English, means to be selected or chosen. In the context of the New Testament, it refers to believers being divinely selected by God. Here are some other references to this revelation in Scripture. In John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, we read, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. In John chapter 6, verse 44, Jesus says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. In Romans chapter 9, verse 16, we read, So then, it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, we read, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. The Bible goes so far there as to say in Ephesians 1 that we were chosen by God before he ever made the world chosen for salvation. Now, I think this reality of election, this divine appointment to salvation, has often been taken too far in a way where people become fatalistic. That means they behave as if human beings have no responsibility and no free will to do anything themselves. God is just going to do whatever he wants So why should I pray? Why should I obey? Why should I serve? Why should I preach the gospel? Etc. I want to help balance our understanding by, first of all, pointing back to our original passage we read in Acts 13. 
When the Jews rejected the gospel message, what did Paul and Barnabas say to them? They said, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. Who was responsible for these people rejecting God's gift of eternal life? Does the Bible blame God or the people? It was the people who thrust aside the message. I want to show you some other things that the Bible reveals to explain this side of salvation. In Luke chapter 7, verse 29 and 30, we read, When all the people heard this, and the tax collectors too, they declared God just, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. What was God's purpose for the Pharisees and lawyers, according to that text? The same salvation that God provided for the tax collectors and prostitutes. But those men rejected God's desire for them. Here's another passage that explains God's desire for all people is that they be saved. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, we read, This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God adds that Jesus didn't just die for a chosen few, but his life was given to offer salvation to all people. In 1 John 2, verse 2, we read, He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Taking these things together, we can confidently conclude these two things about salvation. First, any person who gets saved, gets saved by the redeeming work of God in their life. It's God who has provided access for the sinner to enter heaven, and is also the one who seeks the sinner and draws him to heaven. The sinner won't decide to come to heaven by himself. It's God who draws them to himself. Secondly, Any person who does not get saved does not get saved because they have rejected the purpose of God for themselves and his free gift of salvation. Hence the title of our lesson today, Appointments and Responsibilities. These things can go to deeper levels, but I think much has been debated in the church's history in a way that becomes unprofitable rather than edifying. I think the most important principles demonstrated by election are that all glory and credit for salvation belong to God alone, and then all our trust in the preservation of that salvation should rest with God alone. I have seen so many many professing believers who really stumble over the doctrine of eternal security here in Uganda, where people have this idea that once they confess Christ, once they pray to receive Christ and declare their repentance from sins, they think that moving forward, it is they themselves who will keep themselves saved by their behavior. And that's contrary to what we see given to us in Scripture. It is God who has worked to save us, and it is God's power alone that can keep a person saved. Those who begin to trust in works take away from this reality of God's glory. 
On the other side, the side of man's responsibility, because God has given us free will, he credits those who believe in him with righteousness. Remember in, in Romans chapter 4, we read that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him or credited to him as righteousness. So God can give us, because he's given us free will, God can also credit those who believe when they hear the message, who respond to his truth. He also condemns those who reject him with a promise of eternal punishment. So lastly, let me call your attention to a coming statement in the book of Acts. This is from Acts 17, which declares how God has made the whole world accountable through the death and resurrection of Jesus. This is Acts 17, verse 30 and 31. It says, The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. The opportunity is there for all people. So, as the scripture says, Today, if you hear the sound of his voice, do not harden yourself. Listen and respond to God's purpose for you. Take of the water of life freely. There will be no excuse for any of us on that day of judgment. God bless you all.